0: Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors, and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. Hey everybody, welcome to Active Churches at Home. My name is Joe and I'm part of the team here and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. Make sure you like, comment, or subscribe. It's one way we get to stay connected with our community all over California and even all over the rest of the country. It's really cool that we get to meet so many new friends, new faces on our online community. But hey, before I begin, I do want to do something. And I want to point you back to last week's message. If you missed out on it, go check it out. We talked about the future of active church. And just to give you a little summary of what that, what that is, We believe in the next season of Active Church. It is time that we take personal responsibilities for the cities we live in, meaning Yucaipa, meaning Beaumont, meaning the Inland Empire, meaning if you're from another state and you're watching right now, it's time for us as the church community to take personal responsibility for our cities, for our streets, for our schools. The second thing is we want to provide hope. To children this Christmas as we give them the gift of Christmas because we believe that every kid deserves the opportunity to have a Christmas and the third thing we talked about is we really want to pray about what's next for our community as we think East we feel God's opening up a strategic door everybody who comes onto our campus man it's been so cool so awesome to see where they come from two out of every three guest cards has been from the East and so we believe that God is preparing a way preparing seeds planting seeds right now to do something East in the next couple years maybe the next couple months we don't know we're open and we're excited to see what God does next in our community also on our campus last week we celebrated 21 baptisms Come on, 21 baptisms, 21 people who gave their life to Jesus for the very first time in this public act. Man, if that's not a reason to celebrate, I don't know what is. So if you're one of those baptisms, I want to say, man, I'm so excited that you're a part of this story. God wants to do something in your story. Keep going, keep walking, keep moving. This is an exciting season to be a part of the active church community because God has given us a lot of dreams, a lot of hopes, and a lot of plans. I'm excited for what's next for our church. What's next for the Inland Empire? But here's what I know to be true. Dreams without plans can easily become nightmares, can't they? Dreams without plans can easily become nightmares, can't they? So we have these big God dreams, these big God hopes, these big God visions that God has given us. But what I know to be true is we're going to need some plans behind some of these dreams. We're going to need some legs behind some of this vision. I love what James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits. This is what he says. Check this out. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. One more time. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. When we talk about systems, what we're talking about is the habits, your foundations. Just because we have a lofty dream, just because we have big goals, doesn't mean that we're going to get to those goals. No, we have to develop some habits that are foundational to who we are in order to reach the goals that are in our life. The goals that we have as a community, the goals that you have for your future. Because without habits, because without a foundation, we'll constantly be feeling like our goals are out of reach and out of touch. So today, I think it's fit that we backpedal a little bit because last week we talked about the future of active. I think it's time that we talk about one of the foundations of active. Like one of the principles that really will take us into the future because without our foundation, without our habits, we cannot step into the future. And you want the future. Your family wants the future. Maybe you have dreams, goals, ideas, plans for your life, for your heart, for your story. But let me tell you that we need some foundations. We need some habits to build our future on. I think we all know that the habits today will determine what our next six months are going to look like. So let's talk about those habits. Today, I just want to give you one habit that I believe will change everything. It'll change the way that you think about life, change the way that you think about the future, change the way that you interact with people, change the way that you interact with your spouse and your family. It's going to raise the level of love that you have. It's going to expand your capacity to be generous. It's going to raise the trust that you have for God. This habit, I truly believe, is going to change our community. It's going to be uh, uh, that energy, that catalyst to take us into the next season. Are you ready for it? As we grow east, as we expand our reach, as we open up our hands to generous opportunities, there's this one habit that I believe is going to change everything and allow us to seize the future that God has put in front of us. Are you ready for it? I know what you're thinking. Pastor Joe's crazy. I don't know what this habit is. It is this habit of stopping and resting whoa, right? Stopping and resting. And I know what you're thinking, stopping and resting. That's like the antithesis to the future. Because when you think about the future, what do you think about? You think about the hustle? Think about the grind? You think about beast mode, handling business, sweat and tears and getting the job done? I know that because that's how I think. I'm terrible At rest and if there's anything I want you to know is that I am the last person that needs to be talking about rest today because this message is for me as it is for everybody in our community rest seems to be the opposite of what we need to do in order to reach the future but I want to submit something to you today and it pains me to submit it because I'm not very good at it and this is what I want you to want to submit to you if we do not commit to rhythms of rest today We are bound to submit to a restless tomorrow. If we don't choose rest today, we're gonna have a restless tomorrow. You ever wanna rest, but you can't? Like, you you ever been just like tired of being tired? I, I know I've felt that. I know I have felt that pull. I'll be the first to admit that I struggle with this. I struggle with rest. I hate my days off. I'm not good at resting. Ask my wife, ask my team. I got like two modes. That's like now or never. That's all I have in my pocket. And when I go on vacation, it's like going on vacation with the Tasmanian devil. Like everything's planned out. Everything has a spot. Everything has a place. My wife says she's hanging out with Camp Counselor Joe when we're on vacation because everything is timestamped and marked. A few months back, me and my wife had the opportunity to go to Puerto Rico for our honeymoon. It was great. I love it. Never been to Puerto Rico before. I was so excited about it. And I was so annoying about it. I spent so much time on YouTube. I planned. I looked at all the Yelp reviews. I didn't even have to go to Puerto Rico and I couldn't have told you all the routes to take, all the restaurants to visit. I could have told you what hotels to stay at because I was just in it. I was planning and preparing because Camp Counselor Joe was at his best. And in the process of planning and preparing this trip, I, I got a little wisdom. I'll, I'll say it's wisdom. I thought to myself, self, maybe you should ask your wife what she wants to do on this vacation. <laughs> and so finally, I go to my wife after having itineraries planned out for what our vacation was going to look like. And I said, Diana, what do you want to do? We're going to Puerto Rico. You know, there's these waterfalls, there's these caves, like, there's rainforests. Like, what, what do you want to do? And she has the audacity to look at me and say this I want to go to the pool. Puerto Rico. Caves, waterfall, rainforest, uh, things to do left and right, brand new food, exotic experience, beautiful island, beaches that are clean and pristine, and you want to go to the pool? Help me out. And so I thought she was kidding, right? You don't want to go to the pool. I was thinking to myself, like, she doesn't really want to go to the pool. She just doesn't know. What to expect. She hasn't done all the research that I did. So we go to Puerto Rico, we land and we hit the ground running. I mean, we're running. We drop off our bags. Next thing you know, we're in Old Town. Then we're visiting some of the sites and then we're going to go to some of the caves. And the next day we wake up early like the hills are alive. I open up the curtains at 6 a.m. Come on, babe, it's time to go. And we're exploring, we're searching, we're looking around Puerto Rico. We're having the best time. Day three comes around. I wake her up, we're going to a breakfast and then we're going to go explore a rainforest nearby. Lunchtime comes around and finally I wise up again and say, hey, wife, what? What do you want to do now? And she looks at me, a little bit more serious, and she says, I want to go to the pool. And I'm like, the pool? We're two blocks away from the beach. Like, no, what you mean is you want to go to the beach? And she says, Joe, she used my name, she didn't call me babe, I'm tired. And in that moment, I realized two things. Rest looks different from person to person. My rest, your rest, her rest, are gonna look totally different. And sometimes I don't think we realize how different our rest is. And so we're fitting like a circle into a square hole when it comes to our rest game. And also what I realized is we can be resting and still restless. I think we all know that rest is important, but can we admit that resting is actually really Hard and frankly, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of feeling sleepless. I'm tired of resting through the night and still waking up in the morning and going, like, man, I feel like I didn't sleep at all. I'm tired of that. Can I get an amen in the comment section? Are you tired of feeling tired? Because I'm tired of feeling tired. And if we admit that we're tired of feeling tired, can we deal with that? Like, let's start here. We struggle with rest. Why? Because we become restless in moments of rest because we never learned how to rest. So in our moments that we're meant to be restful, we become restless because these moments didn't give us the rest that we actually craved. I think we've convinced ourselves that being busy and tired are like a badge of honor and just normal. Even in our conversations, like how do we start? I'm like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, but I'm tired. How are you doing? Oh, tired, but I'm good. There's no badge for being too busy and too tired. There are labels like burnt out and unavailable on top of guilt. A feeling like you're burnt out and unavailable to your kids and your family, and even for the future plans that have been placed on your life. So I wanna share something with you that may be like a no duh. Your mind isn't meant to be sleepless over things you wish you would have done, or even the things that haven't happened yet. Your soul isn't meant to be searching for purpose from person to person, situation to situation, experience to experience. Your body isn't supposed to be moving 24 hours a day Your emotions aren't meant to carry the weight of your world and their world and their drama and your drama and the things that you have going on and the fears that you have and the thoughts that you have and the past you're trying to reconcile. You're not meant to be tired all the time. But I know you can handle it because you've had no choice but to handle it. Like you've had no choice because you are the emotional rock. You are the provider of your family And so you've had a push through tired for so long that you can't even imagine overcoming tiredness. We just think it's part of being an adult. But let me tell you something, it's not. Because you're not going to be able to lead to the highest levels. You're not going to be able to love in the deepest parts of who you are. You're not going to be able to step into the better story and seize the future that God has for you without your mind, your body, your soul, and your emotions being energized for the road that is ahead. What if the issue is, isn't should we rest? It's how do we get our life back from being tired? We see God is actually really concerned with our rest. I see this in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says these words. We said them a couple weeks. I want you to catch them. I want you to hear them in a fresh way today. Jesus says this, are you tired? Yeah. Are you worn out? You have no clue. Are you burned out from religion? Yeah. Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a, catch this, a real rest. How's that sound? A real rest. Real rest will revitalize your life. It'll be soul-filling, life-giving, hope-inspiring. It's a rest that's gonna make you feel like you slept through the night. It's a rest that's gonna make you excited and hopeful for the days ahead. A real rest. Well, how do we get that real rest? We're multiple times throughout the Bible, all the way from Genesis, all the way to Revelation. What we see is these different encounters of God intentionally meeting his people right where they are and giving them resources and a framework in order to think about rest in a very real way. Because often when we don't think, when we think about God, we think about hustle and grinding and doing for God. No, God invites us multiple times to stop and rest, and so today, if there's anything you get, I want, to know, I want you to know that God is giving you permission to slow down. The first instance that this happens is we're going to look at, at Exodus today. We're going to begin our journey of rest and looking at Exodus. Because the first thing I want you to get is that the quality of your rest is going to be tied to the level of your thoughtfulness. Meaning, is taking a day off and vegging out on Netflix a great thing and watching Gilmore Girls and Heart of Dixie and catching up on Loki and you know, seeing what's, what's on what if and what's going to happen this week? Is that what you need? Is that rest? Maybe for some of us. But what I'm trying to say is that rest is not meant to be an afterthought or an accident. Rest is meant to be thoughtful. And the more you are thoughtful about your rest, the more you're going to experience the rest that God has for your life. Like I said, in the book of Exodus, we have the Israelite people who are just free from slavery. And they're figuring out how to be a nation. And God has given them all the wisdom that they need. And they've given them a leader that they need. And even though the people are grumbling sometimes as they're walking through a desert towards the place that God has called them to, they're they're in process of figuring out what it looks like to be a new civilization in this crazy world. And as they're walking, God gives them these things through Moses, called the Ten Commandments. And maybe you've heard about the Ten Commandments before. Maybe you know them. They've kind of been a part of ethical discourse for the past thousand years, at least. If you grew up in the church, you've probably memorized them. I didn't grow up in the church, so I got to read them for you. But here's some of the commandments, just so you get an idea of where we're going. Right? Uh, don't have other gods. Easy. Check. Uh, don't murder done. Uh, Don't commit adultery. Okay. We can not do that. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't bear false testimony. Like all things that we go through, we read and we're like, check, check, check. Not going to kill. Not going to steal. Going to live my life to the best. Not going to worship anybody else besides the God, the one God. Not going to have any idols. All things that seem so simple. And then we get to the middle of it. And in verse eight, we we get this one commandment that we like to just gloss over. I don't want to gloss over it today. I, I, I want it to hit us just like these other ones hit us and have been a foundation of many civilizations. I want this to be a foundation for our life. It says this, verse eight. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. He doesn't just stop there. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter or your male or your female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Ain't nobody doing nothing on this day. And God puts this in the same category as murder and stealing. He says, honor this Sabbath day. And it's the only time God actually explains why we do that. Because we got to keep it holy. See, this is a civilization, this is a time period where there was no such thing as a weekend warrior. Every day was a work day. But God to the Israelite people said, I'm going to make you different, I'm going to set you apart, and I'm going to give you a day off. And on this day off, give it over to me because that's the thing that makes you different. On this day, remember me. On this day, have a good time, be with family, eat. Just don't work because everybody else is working. Break the cycle of accumulation and just sit. And trust and remember, keep it holy. And it was such a big deal for the Israelite culture because nobody in that day and age was taking a day off from working because a day off meant a day not producing. Maybe you've had that feeling like, oh, I'm not producing, I'm not working. These people were not allowed to work on that day. God says, take it off. The Sabbath day was a day for the people to sit and who God was. Question, when was the last time you planned your rest? When's the last time you planned your rest? I'm not talking about a vacation. I'm not talking about Maui or Cabo, what I'm talking about. When's the last time you took a moment to think ahead and grounded yourself in what's today and what happened this week? Is it rare? I know for me it is. My days off scare me because my brain wanders. I try to figure out what to do on those days. I try to fill my time I'm literally looking for things to do around the house. But no, God is saying to these people, stop weekly, work six days, grind, hustle, beast mode, those six days, and then one day stop and build it into your life. Build it as a rhythm. It's called a habit. Don't stumble into your days off, but pause and think about your days off. When we are thoughtful about our rest days, our rest days will mean more to you and mean more to the people around you. You want quality rest? Make it a habit. We often rest when we're burned out and at the end of a rope and we're running on empty. Planned rest brings us back to life consistently rather than when we're done. Plan it, set it aside, because that's called being proactive rather than reactive. Planned rest is a proactive way to ensure that you don't get to the end of yourself and the bottom of your barrel. The second thing we learn about rest is that quality rest lets us unplug to refresh our perspective. See, perspective is important. It's the way that we perceive how life is. It's the way that we understand what our capabilities are and what our responsibilities are as we head into what's next or what's in front of us. That includes our jobs, our responsibilities at home. And in Psalm 77, we we see this really exemplified. You see, the Psalms were uh, a book that was uh, all about poetry. It's people like crying out to God, people opening up their hands to God, opening up their minds to God, writing love letters to God. And so we see in Psalm 77, one of these poets actually shares his heart, aware, he's at. Psalm 77 begins, I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. You ever been there? Soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. That word Selah at the very end of that last verse You know what that means? Well, we don't really know what that means. It's actually a direct Hebrew correlation. We don't translate that word because we don't know exactly what that word Selah means. You see, historians and linguists have have tried to understand it for years and years and years, but we don't know what it means. So we just literally put the Hebrew word Selah in it. But what we do know is that word Selah is a cue. It's a cue to look back and it's also cue to know that a transition is happening. Like there's something about to happen Remember what just happened because something's about to happen right now. And so it says, Selah, breathe, stop, reflect, rest, so we can experience what's next. So it has this Selah moment. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah, you hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient time. I call to remembrance my song of the night. I meditate within my heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast me off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. The writer is real. He's saying, I'm struggling. I'm not feeling God, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't see God moving, I don't see God working, I don't see God in it, but he doesn't run from that, he runs towards it and he's honest about it. After the Salem moment, what does he say? And I said this in my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I remember the works of the Lord. Surely I remember your wonders of old and I will meditate on all of your work and talk of your deeds. I said this because I was tired is what he was saying. I said this because I was exhausted. I said this and I believe this because I couldn't see God working because my perspective was so uh, enamored with all the things that were going on in life. And even though I had all these things going on, I know that God, you're still up to something. That's the journey that the psalmist is on. He doesn't back out of this moment. He steps out of the weeds and he looks at the current situation with fresh eyes because when we're rested, our perspective is going to be refreshed. When we're tired, we don't always see, right? When we're tired, we don't always make the right decisions. Rest allows us to step out of the weeds for a second and says, okay, 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 okay. I may be mad about this, but that doesn't mean that this is all there is. I may be upset about the situation, but that doesn't mean that the situation is going to define everything that's happened. And the psalmist steps out of it and he looks and he says, no, I know that I don't feel God right now, but he's still there. He's still with me. This Selah moment gave him a moment to look back, but also to look inward and say, no, there's more. It's a cue. That Selah word is a cue. When you're rested and you have the right perspective, you have the opportunity and the bandwidth to ask the right questions rather than be frustrated because you're not getting the right answers. What kind of rest do you need? Maybe that's the question you need to be asking yourself rather than being frustrated that you can't get it. Do you need mental rest? Do you need physical rest? Do you need spiritual rest? Do you need social rest? And what's your cue that it's time to refresh? What's your Selah? What's that moment that you say it's time to pull out of the weeds and relax? And to look inward, look back, and remember, what's your cue? You see, Jesus had cues. Anytime he was about to do something that was so foundational to helping others or about to take his ministry to the next level, he had this cue and he would draw away. He was about to do something beyond him. He would draw away. Luke 5, 16 reads, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Get that, often withdrew. Yes, he prayed. That's great. He did that thing, but he often withdrew. Often stepped away from the hustle and bustle. Often stepped away from the healing and health. Often stepped away from the good things he was doing. The good ministry he was doing. He would unplug, get away, and he got away often. It's like he's in a cycle, actually. It's almost like a habit. Anytime he was about to do something beyond him, he would privately retreat and he would come back and he would publicly advance. Private retreat, come back, publicly advance, choose the 12 disciples. Privately retreat, come back and begin his ministry journey. Privately retreat, come back and hand over his life as a ransom for many. Jesus retreated for the advancement of others, for the purpose that was placed on him and in him. Question, do you rest from or do you rest for. You see, quality rest knows why it's resting. We often are taught to rest from things. You know that commercial? Ding, want to get away? When we're resting, we're often running. I don't want I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I'm tired of my job. I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of how things are. I need to get away. I need to pull back because I'm tired of it all. It's just, I can't do it anymore. But Jesus rests for something. And this is his condition. I want to rest towards something because resting isn't meant to be a full stop. Resting is I'm going to pause today so I can get back to it stronger tomorrow. It's not about a vacation, it's about building a, a rhythm in your life that you're going to constantly be going back to weekly and saying, I'm going to get refreshed, I'm going to get renewed so I can hustle for six days during the week. I'm going to rest for a reason. I'm going to rest because I want to be a better husband. I want to be rest because I want to be available when God calls me. I'm going to rest because I want to be available and have the energy to pursue the projects that have been placed in front of me, the opportunities to do my absolute best. I want to rest for a reason rather than from a reason. God is saying rest so you can do what only you can do. Rest so you know that you can start the project when it comes us up. Uh, rest so you, you know that you can face the giants in front of you and tackle those hills. Take advantage of the day. Plan the day. Make that moment. So many people, oh I'm just so tired. I'm tired. It's because we're not maximizing the moments that we have. We're not being thoughtful about it. We're not being intentional about it. And we're not being regular with it. Let me tell you what happens when you build this into your life and it isn't an emergency or you're not resting because you're burned out, but you're resting weekly on purpose, with purpose. I mean, this is for me. Watch and see that your every day will become a let's go day. It'll become a day where you go amen to your call every single day, not just once in a while. I don't ever want our church to be in a place where we can't say let's go because we're just so tired, we're exhausted, we've been doing so much, we're stretched so thin. How about today we break that cycle? We break the cycle of accumulation and producing and we take one day, one day a week, and we build it foundationally into who we are and we begin to trust God with that day more. We intentionally rest. So when six days come, when opportunity comes in that other six, we're able to do more. So I want to give you a game plan as we close, a quick game plan that's going to help you build this into your life today, starting this week. First thing first, a part of that game plan is you got to pick a day. Pick that day. It could be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to give you seven options, all right? you got seven days. Pick one of those days and make that day your day that you're going to rest. Now, when I say rest, I'm not saying rest from your responsibilities. I'm saying rest for your life. Rest for your energy. Rest for your vitality. Pick that day. So do it in your phone right now. Pull it out, pick that day. Make it a rhythm, make it a calendar. And yeah, you may miss a day or so, but you gotta pick it. It starts with you deciding. Second thing is you gotta diagnose what you need on that day. Is it mental rest? Is it physical rest? Is it spiritual rest? Do you need a moment where you just pause and look to God? Do you need a moment where you actually just stop doing anything? Do you need a moment where you're just away from friends and family and you're you're with yourself? Or do you need a moment that you're filling it up by being around those social settings? What gives you life? And that third thing, do what brings you life. You're going to pick a day. You're going to diagnose what you need. And then on that day, you're going to do what brings you life. Pick it up, write it down, write it down. And while you're doing all of that, you're going to give devotion to God. Not too long ago, uh, I came home and I was really tired. It was a long day, exhausted. And I, I, I come home, I sit on the couch, exhausted, burned out from the day. And the first thing my wife says, she says, hey, glad you're here. Hey, I sit on the couch. Say, hey, before you take your shoes off, can you take out the trash? And everything inside of me was like, I just got home from a long day. I've been loving people. I've been doing the things. I've been doing my jobs. I've been working for this family. And I'm gonna get home and you're gonna tell me the first thing to do, don't take your shoes off, go take the trash out. And so I kind of like pout a little bit, like ugh. Ah, you know, sit there. She leaves the room. My phone buzzes. I see it's one of my friends. His name is Sal, he's one of the interns here at Active. And he answered the phone and he's like, hey bro, we're about to go rock climbing. You wanna go? My response is, oh yeah man, let's do it. Hang up, think to myself, I'm supposed to be really tired right now. I'm supposed to be exhausted right now. So I grab the trash, I take it out really fast and then I leave and then I come home, my wife says, I thought you were tired. I thought you were exhausted. Because when we do the things that actually bring us life, we're always gonna find the energy. You see, sometimes we're in this cycle of doing things that don't bring us life. I want to tell you, do something that brings you life on this day. You can call it your Sabbath day. You can just call it your rest day. Just call it your habit. Your habit of building rest into your life. See, God's hope for you is to live a life full of intention, so on fire that you're always ready to go. But that can't happen without you taking care of your soul and handing it back to the one who created it. Matthew 11, I want to read it one more time, but I want to read the full thing. It reads this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Amen. We need that. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. God wants you to live a life free and light with him. We often think that God is trying to put more on us. No, if you're new to God, new to faith, new to church, I want you to know that the thing God wants more than anything is for you to know how loved you are and that you are allowed to rest in his arms. I wanna pray for you, especially those who are tired and weary and worn out. Father God, we need rest. But we also need courage to adopt some of these habits, to pick a day, God, to carve it out, set aside time. Guys, because you know with this energy that we get, we'll be able to step into the better story, the future that you have for our community. God, we wanna keep our hands open to you. Help us rest now, God, so we can follow you forevermore. And we always lift this up in your son's holy name. And all God's people said, amen. We hope you enjoy the Active Church Podcast. If you want to know more about active church you can follow us on our social media platforms at active churches don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts and if you are local we would love for you to experience the room with us sunday services are 9 a.m and 10 45 a.m in yukaipa see you next time